and we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. I hope that you're enjoying your Wednesday. It's Wednesday morning, hump day, halfway there. Don't worry, Friday's around the corner. Fall season, too. Everyone loves fall. Best time of year. Um, unfortunately, hockey isn't starting up for some of these guys that are playing university and uh, junior, but before you know it, the season will be starting, and uh, it'll be a good time. Be able to talk about local sports, how everyone's doing. Talking about local sports or bringing up local sports, we have Derek Gentile coming on the podcast today. He is committed to Dalhousie University to play next year, in the, or I guess this year, in the 2021 season. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown of where Derek has played. When he played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, he played for the Quebec Ramparts for three years. After that, playing for Charlottetown, then the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles, currently known now known now as the Cape Breton Eagles. Uh, last year, he was actually the captain of that team. He had 60 games played, 25 goals, 32 assists, for a total of 57 points. Uh, Derek grew up in Sydney, Nova Scotia, so he's good friends with one of the guests who we had on yesterday, not one of the guests, the guest, uh, Mitchell Balmas. When he was younger, Derek played at Rothsay Northwood School, and when he played Major Bantam, he played for the Breton Sport Cougars uh, and, like I said, the Major Bantam League. Actually, here's a crazy stat. When he did play in Major Bantam his second year, he had 33 games played, 31 assists. No, sorry, 31 goals, 39 assists for a total of 70 points in Major Bantam. Numbers like that, you're bound to have a good junior career and then go on to play somewhere else like he is playing at Dal now. So I'm excited to talk to Derek. From what I heard, he's a great guy. Uh, anyone that grew up in Sydney, Nova Scotia has good character. So I'm excited to talk to Derek. Once again, this is the High Button Podcast. I'm Justin. Here we go. You know what comes next. All right, Derek, second time's a charm. What's going on? <laughs> it's happening. How's the day going so far? It's early. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's 11, I guess. Yeah, I've been up for, for a couple hours hitting the books. The girlfriend was at me to do some schoolwork before oh I came. Oh, my God. Know, so. Where are you yeah. living at, downtown? I'm on Jubilee. So I used to live on Jubilee. Yeah. Jubilee, uh, what's the corner store there? Yeah, like it has like the little pizza hut across the road. Yeah, there, and then uh, there's AAA. Yeah, is that, yeah that's what I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's my my reference to Pizza Hut. Like, I don't know anything, so yeah. everything's just like... But, uh, no, yeah, we're in a spot... Uh, me, you know, well, I guess you know of Darian Kilb. He's going to Dal, too. He played with me in Quebec. Yes, we yes, We actually yes. live together, so we're staying together there with another friend of mine from home. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he's actually quarantining there right now, though. Really? So I'm staying at my girlfriend's, like, three or four blocks away until he's done. It's so funny, because when I lived on Jubilee... My girlfriend lived two or three blocks away. Come on. Yeah. Now we live here together. Yeah. It's a great little neighborhood to kind of, you know, the, the age you're at, just the, the college vibe. I like it there. Yeah, it's perfect to where, like, the pricing is more Cape Breton than, <laughs> yeah. like, like, it was, like, pretty affordable for yeah. us for how nice it was. And I'm used to an old Victorian at home anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, the hardwood floors. and I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's comfortable more it's, than anything. My girlfriend, she's an interior designer. So what she'll do is, well, perfect example is this house. We got it in March. And it was shit inside. Old, nice wooden floors, though. And uh, and she renovated it, but it still has that kind of older look upstairs. But the newer look with it, it's it's really nice. I like it. Yeah, you can't you can't mess with the uh, the old wood frames and stuff. Yeah. You got to keep you got to keep part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and that's tricky to do. We actually did our kitchen all over at home, and not to go too far into interior design because I don't really know what I'm talking about. But, I mean either. But we we cut out all the really old haggard stuff, and we kept like. Um, just like the wood frames and the hardwood floors and whatnot, and then gave it that like modern. I love it. Yeah, so it's probably similar. Whenever my gra- my grandfather, he's obviously he's older, and he talks about homes that are built back in the day. He goes, nothing's compared to the homes that are built now. Something he grew up in Quebec, so I don't know if you ever. You obviously lived in Quebec, but the homes in like Montreal how they have that older style look. A lot of them are built with brick, especially in the downtown core. He always raves about them. Yeah, yeah, and we actually went uh, a couple weekends to montreal just like staying in airbnb like going out for the weekend or whatever love montreal yeah we went out a couple times uh a couple guys from newfoundland uh oh boy peco and Sutton. oh boy uh <laughs> yeah and actually andrew cox had came with us oh yeah came with us once yeah i met but him this year for the first time he's, yeah guy. he's a good fellow yeah he's, <laughs> yeah they're a laugh the, the three of them but we went and we went and stayed in one of these old homes like yeah and it's like so we're just getting as close to downtown as we can so we have to drive yeah like and we're just 
you get other it's like you get in there it's like that old brick home and it's, i love it yeah it's half shaggy and but <laughs> you survive when i was younger i don't know how old i was like back in the day when you go to summer camp like your parents would send you off to summer camp well i'd go to a summer camp and i'd either get like kicked out or i would hate it or i would just i just wouldn't like it and my parents would fly me up to montreal to stay with my grandparents <laughs> and my grandparents lived like uh two streets over from the Olympic Stadium. And that's this is back when the Expos were there, but the Expos yeah. were shit. And I remember growing up as a kid, I'd be in Montreal sitting in the, an empty Olympic Stadium because no one went to the Expos games. And I would just sit there and watch to the ninth inning, even though they were losing like 17-2 to two to the New York Yankees. But a big part of my childhood was growing up in Montreal in that Quebec area. Wow, yeah. That's, I loved it. And I actually, I spent a, like quite a bit of time in Montreal in the summer as well because I – like I had my old agent was out of Montreal. Okay. So I used to f- like fly there basically at the end of the like high school or whenever it was. Yeah. And I would live there for I love two it. weeks, three weeks, week, depending on the summer or the situation. I'd be there for, you know, a couple weeks at a time. We stayed at Concordia mostly. Oh yeah, I had a buddy that went to Concordia. He liked it. Yeah, it was like it was alright. Like I was young. Like we had some restrictions and stuff like that, but it was a nice city. Like still. Because you were sixteen when you went to Quebec, weren't you? I was 16. So that's still yeah. high school age, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was still in high school. And I actually went to Quebec right out of Rossi Netherwood. What's so, wrong with that? That's like, what is that again, Rossi? It's a- that's like a prep, that's a prep school. That'd be like, it was like Newbridge equivalent-ish um, in uh, New Brunswick. So it's, RNS, it's like um, maybe 15 minutes outside of St. John. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was on your elite prospects. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking something else. I thought it was like a year. And because in Quebec they take like a year between high school and university. No. Yeah. That's uh. Seja. Seja. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Yeah. 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 So when I was at Rosse, I was actually there uh, throughout the whole year. I was only home for like Christmas, like maybe a couple days. I can't really remember. But I was there that whole year, and then I went right to Montreal that summer. So after I went to Montreal, then I went right to Quebec City. So I actually wasn't home for almost two years, really, for any period of time. Man. Yeah, so it was pretty intense, but um, yeah, like I said like I got to spend that that time in between in Montreal. Did you like being away from home at that young of an age? I liked it more when I was young than yeah. as I got yeah. older. Yeah. Um, I didn't appreciate the things I had at home as much until I got older. I just wanted to be away, and like things were cool when I was that age. Like I was kind of like a rock star, and a lot of yeah. guys will tell you that. Um, you you start to miss mom's cooking when it's <laughs> on year four, year five, and. Uh, you know, it's a Saturday night and, you know, the billets are gone doing their normal thing and you want a home cooked meal, but you're, yeah, you know, cooking chicken tenders <laughs> with your roommate. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. It's always nice, especially in junior hockey when you're back home. I never have the billet experience. I was always home. So, so I, you know, I always felt fortunate, but there's a part of me that didn't appreciate it as much because I didn't go away to a billet. I've always kind of wanted to experience it to, you know, be able to come home and have a great time. And it's great for you because you did eventually get to come home and play for Cape Breton after you were in Quebec and Charlottetown is Charlottetown. Yeah. yeah. So that must've been an awesome feeling coming home and just having mom's cooking. It, oh, it was, it was awesome. And I was pretty lucky. I had awesome billets. Like I was super, super close to my billets in PEI. They're wicked, wicked people. Um, I, I said, I'll get into PEI later. I got enough. Nothing but good things about PEI, but it was strange when I came home. I loved the home cooking. I loved not having to do as much, but yeah. my mom was still used to me being 14 because last time I really lived yeah. home, I was 14. Yeah. So she had me basically in her mind as a young teenager, but in reality, I, had, I still had to be an athlete. I still had to do these things, and I still had the schedule that I had to you know, follow. So for the first couple of weeks, even months, it was almost like like a subconscious battle between me and my mom to find that balance of like, I still have to be an athlete, even though I'm in your home again. What, it do, was, you, what do you mean? Like she's, what do you mean by like that? She like she would be like, it'd be like the middle of the afternoon on a game day. And she'd be like, you got to clean your room. Like this, this is outrageous. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm sleeping. I play Shukudami tonight. Like, <laughs> like what do you mean? So it, it was, it was kind of funny. Like, Oh, that's funny. But after a while she kind of, she took the hint, but when summer was on, as soon as the season was over, it was like back to yeah. the laws down until yeah. the season starts, which is pretty funny. I always remember that. Like when you're, you know, you're playing hockey, you're on a high, the fans, like you think, you know, 
you're the man. And then summer hits, and it's like, no, Justin, you got to get a summer job. And I'm at Kent working in the wood lumberyard. I'm like, oh, my God, Justin, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like Mom, I'm going to be a pro hockey player. I'm not working at Kent. Like, no, Justin, you need to get a job. Oh, yeah. yeah, You can't just golf and work yeah. out for the rest of the summer? Oh, I've, I've had that chat once or twice. Yeah, It's a rough chat to have. Because oh. it's, like, it's, it's la-la land when you're playing hockey, man. Uh, it's, la-la land. And I didn't realize how good we had it. Yeah, really. and I had this I had this chat with with Sean Miller just the other day, like, and because uh, we were setting up like we were getting books and like signing up for these online things just for classes. Yeah. And, but that was all babied for us, like yeah. when you're a junior. I was like, it took us like hours to get books and schedule and this. Um, that was all spoon fed us for five or six years. Like we were like, oh my god, I didn't realize how good we had it. It was just we were we were in culture shock, really. Yeah. Like, and we don't have it that bad now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I'm not complaining. We're not in a third world country yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, how good was it in Quebec that first year, 16? Though, when you, when you talk about the best organizations in the CHL, they bring up the Mooseheads, they bring up Quebec, they bring up London, they bring up Kelowna, they bring up some, you know, maybe four or five teams, and Quebec's always in there. So being 16, going to Quebec, talk about that. It's it's insane. Everything they talk about is amplified. It's the media especially is is overwhelming it's crazy like if you have so much as a sniffle or uh, no. it's oh it's band-aids like it's in the paper so uh, you're 16 17 years old and you got you know a cold from you picked up at high school or you cut yourself playing basketball in the air with one of your buddies and you just have like so much, just like a cover on so it doesn't scrape. It's in the newspaper. That's so creepy. It's, it's really oh creepy. And we had like designated seats on the on the bus like when we go on the road for media. And these, me- like, they're nice people. Like I had good relationships with them and I was fortunate enough that I had a decent relationship. So yeah, they didn't do too much to me, but I had stories about guys and until the end, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, some guys like things that they didn't want public, like, um, they had an injury, like say a concussion and it was being said it was a, a shoulder injury, like for a guy's yeah. draft year, which shouldn't happen, but it does. Yeah. Uh, and that gets leaked to the paper and then you get stamped either a liar or they find out you have a bad head. Like it's, it's crazy. That was the the first thing that, that I really noticed. But, um, the fans too is it's, it's not junior hockey in a sense. They, they treat that as a pro town. Like it's like, we're talking 50, a hundred people after practice some days. Like it's Just crazy. To get your autograph. Yeah. And it, it was really bad earlier on in my, my career because it was the first year for that rink. Oh, Verdun. For, uh, uh, what do you call uh, it? Videotron? Videotron. Yeah. So my first game was actually the first, the opening night of Videotron. Was it sold out? Sold out. I actually got scratched that game. No. Yeah, one of the uh, You're 16. first games. Well, it was only one of the two games I got scratched in like the first like 25 was the opening night. Ugh. Yeah, but it was sold the next game and I played that one. So it was, okay. but yeah, it wasn't too bad, but I can remember like we had to like put all our gear on and do the, I know how it goes. Oh, and then it's like, all right, to the room. You know what I did the first time? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to play the game one up store here, but when I played, I, I, I went, it was in Montreal. And I'd, I've never been scratched because I always played Junior A. I was the best player on the Junior A, not the best, but I was one of the better players. And then you go to the Mooseheads, and a couple games I was there, you, you're not. So I didn't understand how the scratch life worked. So I went out for warm-up. I was like, okay, great. I didn't have a line. I was on, like, the fifth line. So, like, you know how you do, like, the in warm-up, like, four lines in and regroup, come out, go back three on two. Yeah. I'm just kind of standing there by myself. I'm like, I don't have a line. What do I do here? And I was bumping into people, and everyone's like, Justin, like, just stand over there. You're not playing. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not playing? Like, I'm on the ice. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I go back and Cam Russell goes, yeah, Justin, you're not playing. It's, it's You, you got to take your gear off. And apparently, I didn't know when you take your gear off, you're supposed to go in another room to yeah. take your gear off. Yeah. So I had no idea this was a thing. And I go back into the room where the guys are playing and start taking my gear off, which I didn't know. It's kind of a distraction. So the next thing you know, it's really quiet. Everyone's looking at me. I'm like, am I doing something wrong here? Because I didn't... 
Yeah, you don't yeah, know. I, just, I don't yeah. know. And then I think it was Travis Randall. He was the captain at the time. He just goes, yeah, uh, Justin, go in the other room, take your gear off. I was like, oh, sorry, boys. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what's going on. My bad. <laughs> so the next thing you know, I'm in the trainer's room just taking my gear off. I had no oh, idea yeah. how yeah. it worked. Oh, I think everybody makes that mistake. It's, yeah, and they, nobody knows. Because yeah. it's, it's just like, it, it's an unwritten rule. Like, nobody says anything. And we actually had, like, our coach in Quebec, Phil Boucher at the time, would actually, like, lose his mind on players if they did that in the room. So it, well, was, it was like a race to get out of the room if you were scratched after warm-up. It was like, run, because yeah. he would lose his mind. You'd miss the next game because he was so mad no. that you were, oh, he was, oh, he was well, a different cat. Patty wasn't your coach? No, I missed it. So when I got there, it was um, pretty much right when Patty left. Ooh. And then as soon as I got traded... Patty pretty much came, but he came back the next September. He's just like, I don't want to be around Derek. I don't want. Oh, to yeah, be I guess yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I, oh, listen. And and for those that have been around both, like they love Patty. So yeah. I was like, it's like, ah, oh, you gotta be kidding me. But I've I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times just because they're like all those guys are around. Like the alumni base is pretty strong. I'd say, why so, wouldn't you be around? It's yeah. Like, you know? So they're they kind of they go there for like a social event and yeah. And I'm sure they're still involved. Like it's yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like. But yeah, we had some some pretty crazy stories of that where guys like would do something peculiar and they would get like scratched for it. I remember I don't know if you remember Oliver Troop. No. Uh, he was he was a goalie and and I know Jesse Sutton loves this story. It's pretty funny. Like he was <laughs> playing his first game as a goalie. Yeah. He was a goalie. He's from Halifax area. I don't. He's playing junior A in Ontario now. Okay. He's actually he's a big kid, but his first game in Shawinigan. He had like two or three like of the sandwiches like before the game on like the yeah, the I know. rack. The best and part. And yeah, and before the, like uh, before the the opening puck drop, our coach comes in. He's like, and he's mad about something that he seemed warm. He's like, how the fuck are we supposed to win this game? He's like, Trooper had three fucking sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and Trooper goes out to like proceed to have one of the worst goaltending efforts I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, it, oh, it was. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, yeah, just three like sandwiches. So, oh, so it was just like stuff like that that were like completely irrelevant to the Oakland League. It might have like slowed down a little bit. Yeah. But like in reality, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, but our coaches had a tendency to blow it up, which is kind of funny. Like we used to make jokes about it. Like <laughs> it was just like stuff like that. Like that became like a running gig. Like. Yeah, I'd do the exact same thing. They probably called his billets after. Like, are you not feeding Trooper at home? What's going on here? Three uh, sandwiches before the game. Yeah, uh, it was. It's like he never ate before. He and he's actually like, he's a pretty talented goalie. Like, I think he had wicked numbers when he was in yeah. Junior A in Ontario. Like, he just wrong place, wrong time, and that's the thing for a lot of guys. Wrong place, wrong time. Some guys can't handle that like structure in Quebec either. It's pretty. There's more just structure in Quebec. Yeah, like we like I would wake up, like. Pretty much ten to seven most days. Ten to seven, and because traffic was so crazy to get to the rink, get to the rink. Like, why, why? Why do you have to be at the rink so early? We're there at eight o'clock for practice. For practice, I heard a rumor that you guys went to school in the rink, like you had a classroom in the rink. University guys did uh, English, sorry, English university guys. They just went to school at the rink. They went to school at the rink. So English university guys in Quebec. So there's usually not that many. Like we're talking like two or three guys at most. Yeah. Like, the other English guys, actually, like, the younger guys went to English High School, which was downtown, like, almost into old Quebec. So, the traffic to get from the rink to school was insane. So, we had to have practice early enough that we could get to school. <gasps> and then, by the time school ended, by 3.30, getting back home, traffic was so insane. It take us an hour and a half to get home. So, I'm looking at, like, 7 to 5 by the time, from the moment I leave my door yeah. to getting back at night. Like, I remember when I was 16, like... I'd walk in the door and just put my books on the floor and like fall asleep because I just I was actually like falling asleep standing up. Oh. It was insane. It was like, but now like so I can do a twelve hour day and it's just like your body's like trained. For yeah, it. I could sleep six hours and <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It was it was demanding and and some guys can't overcome that not because they don't want to just because their body actually physically can't. It's mm. insane. It's it's so demanding versus other places. I believe you. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk now that that's been brought up. I want to talk to other guys that played on other junior teams about the demand of it. I never thought of that. Yeah. Same with like public appearances. You must have been at hospitals once all a week. the time. I was. We did things, and I'm thankful for it now because if I go for a job interview now, my resume is like yeah. three pages long because you can just you tally all these things. Uh, but 
it, it, the one thing that was good about Quebec versus like a team like Cape Breton was the travel was so good that Flying. we we you know we flew if it was far and we had like eight teams within two hours or yeah. so we rarely didn't sleep in our own bed so the nights that, or days we did have days off were really days off versus yeah. like Cape Breton it was insane the nights well, of the that's hotel. what Mitchell said yesterday is the worst travel schedule in the league it, it's by far the worst and even relative to PEI it's 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 way worse. Yeah, and I I was blown away at how bad it was in Cape Breton. It was, and I didn't realize. And I'm from Cape Breton. Yeah. Like I know every street from my front door basically to Churl, <laughs> and like just from driving back and forth. And I didn't realize how bad it was. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a if you're not an older guy, it's tough. The travel aspect definitely comes down on you for sure. For some guys, like I remember Mitchell yesterday was saying, he's like, no, I sleep on the bus, I'm fine. But there's other guys out there that yeah. can't close like, their I don't, eyes, I don't they can't sleep. do anything. I don't sleep on the bus. It's rough. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's what, like, I was pretty far ahead in school because I just would, I had nothing to do. Yeah. It was bored. Like, yeah. like half the guys are sleeping. Like, it's so, actually, the other guy this year, Jared Baker, and I wouldn't sleep. So we're sitting in the back of the bus, like the oldest guys in the back of the bus, just like looking one another till four in the morning. You got to take that kind of as an advantage to like look at a hobby as you, whatever you want to do in life outside of hockey. Me and Mark here were just watching a clip on like Kobe Bryant, and he said like the whole time he was with the Lakers, he learned how to write stories and he learned how to uh, um, like create a plot. Because you know he won a he won an Emmy, an Oscar. What what is it for? Uh, well, the way I understand it is he wanted to write books. Like yeah, he wants to write books because he and because and he said he would like go to the back, he'd be at the back of us writing, and the team was like, "What's he doing? What's he writing?" Talking right? to the mic. Oh, the talk. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he wanted to you know write and get the understanding of you know plots and stuff to you know write that stuff. Yeah, because and essentially at the end of it, his last year with the Lakers, he won a I think it's an Oscar. Is Oscar for music or for movies? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy for those ones. Man, we're just yeah, Oscars for movies. Uh, Oscars for movies. So he, I think he won a, an Oscar for a small screenplay role or something like that because wow. he wrote the book and he's like the only way i knew how to write a book the only way i knew how to create a plot a beginning a middle and end was just through 15 years of flying on the plane just <laughs> practicing a craft yeah. and the same thing with him he's like i could never sleep on the plane i could never do anything mm-hmm. it's kind of cool just to see a guy like that just trying to always get better and a guy like you you know yeah. can't sleep on a bus yeah. practice i never practiced anything but yeah you know, so it's, i, I as much like you said, I did my school as much as I did. I like I probably could have done a whole lot more. Like we played oh. a ton of like like it's just those tables in the back. You're playing like poker, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like there's tons of different bullshit in all yeah. these games. So I said especially as an older guy, yeah. and I was fortunate enough. But even as an 18 year old, I'd been in the league so long that I was pretty much an older guy at that point. So yeah. you're in the mix in the back anyway. So you're there's. Pretty much tough three, to focus. Three years of cards, yeah. yeah it's Until a everyone goes to sleep. Yeah, it's a little different. A junior bus to a Los Angeles Lakers plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little different. Yeah, but no, I got you. Yeah, but no. So then after that, you went to Charlottetown. Yeah, Charlottetown was unbelievable. Was Welshie there when you were there? Welshie was there. Yeah, yeah. And Welshie was pretty much the only guy I knew. Really? Yeah. When I was going there, I didn't really like. I knew of guys. They always know of guys. But How'd you know Welshie? We played uh, Canada games and whatnot together. Okay, cool. So I, like, I knew him. Said, I like not so much really, really well, but when we'd hang out anytime, we were in close vicinity. It was just yeah. it was a location thing. But when I get to PEI, actually, uh, I just had a pretty bad injury to my eye. What happened to your eye? So I, I got a high stick right underneath. We were playing in Victoriaville. And I got a high stick. I had my visor on properly and everything. And it hit, like, almost, like, scraped, like, up up my, like, up just under my nose, up uh, across my eye, and scraped my iris off. So I have, like, 17 or 18 permanent holes in my iris. So it makes everything really bright. My depth perception's a little wacky. Are you colorblind? Like, No, Mitchell? not like Bomber. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I, he told me he told that story. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, so when I got, and so I've since gotten better, it's not completely recovered, yeah. but when I got there, I was wearing, I had to wear sunglasses cause everything was so bright. So I walk in the room for the first time, I'm wearing sunglasses and You're we're like, that guy. who the fuck is this guy? He's like, thinks he's the man already. Like, <laughs> so I, like they knew they like, we're not that talented of offensive team, but he's not that good. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't real. I didn't even put the dots together a couple of days later. Like I got like talking to the guys and like, I'm wearing like sunglasses in, uh, it's a little uh, freshy. Yeah, like, yeah, with the yeah, boys yeah, are like, yeah. why are you wearing sunglasses? Like, <laughs> like what's the gig? And we got into the injury and like 
So kind of sees, but for the first couple of days, I thought I was a douchebag. I was just like wearing sunglasses inside. That's amazing. Yeah, it's funny those first the, when you get traded, you got to make a good first impression right away. You do. You it's that's be, so important. Yeah. And, and guys P, will judge you right off oh, the bat. Po Joseph actually, he he sh- was really helpful, and that was something I kind of carried to Cape Breton yeah. as the captain. There's it's kind of the captain's responsibility just as much as the player coming in to help them blend in. And Pia was awesome like that. And I carried this, I carried that with me, but he was so inclusive right away yeah. that my experience in PEI didn't start a month into being there. It was like instant. It was cool. He was like an unbelievable leader. It was, and he didn't, he wasn't loud. He wasn't dominant. Like, he just had a presence like and these guys like guys have this presence where I know people are like drawn to them and they just listen and he's one of those guys that was just like so influential like it was just instant that I was a part of the team and it said so it made my experience at PEI unbelievable like the and I can't say enough good things about there but my billets like I said before I had such a good relationship with them uh I lived with uh Hunter Drew actually okay can't ask you to but me and Hunter are super super tight still now um and and the, and the staff there too um great staff great spied and kev yeah are and and we had tyler J there too at the time okay. he's in st john now okay um but those guys are top notch actually we used to spend like hours in kev's hotel room who so, uh kev and elliot okay we used to like we go on the road and instead of like just hanging out in our rooms we'd hang out in kev's room why just because he we all loved him like it was like <laughs> at, like there'd be a guy doing treatment there'd be like seven guys in there like talking sports and That's like funny. listen to kev tell stories like he was phenomenal and like and i never see a team like i haven't had like seen a team like that where if there was like a night that we got to go have fun yeah like anybody who was allowed to go like legally whatever it was whatever the parameters were yeah showed up it was insane love that it was all and that's why we did so well that year yeah like that was the year we were beat the mooseheads in the playoffs yeah we swept the moose in the second round and we had we were like a 10th seed or something i don't really remember what we were ninth or 10th and uh it all came back to like that that close knit and that's part of spied and Cavs' job like they're right in there too billets po like ever and even like like jim gets a rap as a hurdle that uh, guy is like who's Jim? Jim Co- Holton, the coach? head coach there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still the head coach, isn't he? Yeah. So he he gets that rap like he's he's tough, but he's fair. Yeah. Um. But like deep down, he cares a lot about those guys. Like he traded me to Cape Breton. Like, um, that's a nice thing. Like he could have traded me to Valdor. I'm certain he got a better offer somewhere else. I I I would be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. And it, right up until the trade deadline, uh, there's rumor me and PO were going to Bay all. Ooh. So I figured I was going to Bacamo. And oh. when I got traded to Cape Breton, actually Bomber was the one that broke me the news. But wow. I, we, so I was hopping on a plane coming to Sydney after, at the Christmas break. It wasn't two hours in the trade deadline. Yeah. And Bomber just called me. He's like, uh, he just got traded. And he's in Cape Breton already. He's in Cape yeah. Breton already. I said, okay, like, Bacamo, right? Like, ruin my life. Tell me I'm going to Bacamo. He's like, no, you got Cape Breton. You're going to Cape Breton. So you're coming home. I'm like, fuck off Mitchell like I'm not playing in Cape Breton this season <laughs> like I was like just tell me where I'm going like I'm getting on a plane like I gotta yeah. go he's like no I'm dead serious like he's like you're, I'm like Mitchell like stop like this isn't funny like I'm going to Bakemo <laughs> but anyway like sure enough like my phone starts buzzing again I'm, and it's Marc-Andre Dumont and I'm like oh my god bomber you're not lying <laughs> pick up the phone sure enough yes I thought for sure I was going to Bacon Mall, and I was, like, miserable about it. Like, but I love how players find out if they're getting traded through their buddies or Twitter before their agent or coach or anyone. Oh, yeah. It's like the kids just have a, f- a way to find out. I found out the first time on Twitter on the bus. We yeah, were... the uh, Balmas yesterday was like, I found out on the way home from the Mem Cup. He's just like, I found out on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah, same thing. I was on the bus, and we had just lost 8 or 9-1 to Ramuski. We weren't allowed to talk on the bus. Oh, I hate those ones. Oh, it was brutal. Oh. Like... It was like verbalized that like we weren't allowed to talk Shut on the bus. Shut the fuck up! Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, like guys, like heads start like snapping around. I was like, "Hmm." <laughs> They're looking at you. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's." So I and like Jesse Sutton, he just like turns around and looks at me. He's like, "Look at your phone." And then, sure enough, and I. But I guess what was worse is PEI was still in a game or they were finishing a game, so there was guys like in that game that were technically not on the team. Right. So it wasn't Ooh. released yet. So that one was a little bit ugly. They were pretty mad at the media for that. Definitely. Yeah. But like, 
it was that was an ugly situation though even trying to get out of there it was what do you mean like we were so i wanted to get out of there at that point like it gotten pretty bad bad Um, in what sense like the relationship between me and the coach okay um and i loved everything about quebec billets players oh so i thought you're talking about charlottetown no 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 in quebec yeah the gym was awesome yeah um and uh uh yeah so i'd wanted to get out of there and the relationship with everyone was fine i said me and the coach just didn't see eye to eye and things weren't working out which is fine happens so often in junior um but i didn't think it was being expressed to anyone that i was getting like i would ask for a trade because he wanted to protect the value and the stuff and we agreed said okay like i won't announce it publicly you won't announce it publicly yeah we'll go our separate ways whatever yeah um, at the end of the last game before Christmas, as I'm walking out of the rink, um, it was they posted on like the Journal de Quebec and RDS. So it was like, oh, to the public that I asked for a trade, and I I didn't even told like like my buddies, like my like like best friends on the team didn't know, like my mom hardly knew, like it was like. So who ratted? I I still don't know. I it must have been someone like either close the coach or just GM or, or someone in there close must have. Uh, I don't know who it was. I still, I'll probably never know. Um, uh. But it was like, and I'll like, it was funny. Like my buddies at this point, like, yeah, we get it. Like, yeah. but it was like, I was like blindsided. Cause I would have like, yeah. You yeah. Would've... I didn't get to direct the narrative at all. Like it was just, and then I was getting bombarded for the next couple of weeks. Like, why are you leaving? Why do you want to go? Like, like media would ask. Yeah. You. Like you're doing well. Like what, what's the reason? So it wasn't worth it for me at that point. I still thought I was going to play pro to some extent at yeah. that point. So I, I just didn't get into it. Yeah. And I just, it, it was, it was unfortunate. I just never got to, you know, direct any sort of narrative at all. So it was kind of like, I was like the bad guy, which is. Did you get so, booed when you went back? No, no, no. We actually played them in playoffs that year. No one booed you? No one booed me, no. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, no, it was good. So, But you get in those weird situations. like, And that was, they said, alludes back to the first part of what I was saying about the media in Quebec. It's just, it's Brutal. it's ruthless, man. For for young kids, like I was 18, yeah, 18, when that all went down. Said so you're, and I, I, it was in Rouen, of all places. Like, uh, that place sucks. Yeah. Poor Tyler Hynum having to play there. For, I mean, he got a Mem <laughs> Cup. a Mem Cup in Rouen. Yeah, like guy. I would take it for the Mem <laughs> Cup. But yeah. Oh, that place is so cold. Uh, I hate it. Like every time we go there, it's like, I think I'm like a career minus like 20 something in that. <laughs> it's actually horrible. I, like, I actually have like a famous road trip up there. Um, we went, we played Rouen, or sorry, we played Val d'Or, which is closer to Quebec City. And then we played Rouen, Rouen, drove back, played Val d'Or, yeah. and then came home. Yeah was minus 16 in four games. It was, like, the famous, like, and my oh. buddies still, like, joke about it. Like, You're like, like, Junior A, here we yeah, come. Was, yeah. yeah, it was like there was no recovering from it. It was actually in the first half of my 16 years. So it was like, oh, oh my goodness. I thought that was it. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You bounced back, though. That's so funny. Yeah. It's, man, those young years, like 16, 17, when you're playing junior, your head is just spinning. You're like, no, I'm going to play high school hockey. I'm done. I can't like constant. You're just like you're not confident in your ability when you at least some guys are, but I just know myself. Just your uh, head was just spinning. Like I can't play here. I'm oh. on the fourth line. What am I doing? Oh, it's a constant battle. Constant. And expe- especially coming from Cape Breton, where you are the man for a little bit longer than you are you yeah. said, in a bigger market. So I didn't really get exposed to that until I landed in Quebec. I was always like the guy yeah. until. I landed there, and then it's like, oh shit! There's 14 guys that are the guy. Yeah. Um, and God bless Dan Renault. He coached us that year. Assistant coach, 16. I can't remember if he's there. 16, 17. But he was head coach in Schwinnigan after, and then Valdor. But he must have talked me off the ledge like two or three times of like being like, this is like, I was like in full blow up. Like, yeah. This is a disaster to yeah. like to show up to practice. You'll be fine. You'll make it through, and then. So I got so God bless that guy's heart. God knows where I'd be at right now if he didn't like just keep me sane for like half a year really. Yeah. It wasn't and it seems like so long at that point. Like it's like the world is ending. I know. It's yeah. funny how those coaches have such an impact on your life. Like it's, they turn you into a man almost. It's insane. It's it's overnight too. Like they 
I, I don't remember that transition. Like me neither. It, it's yeah. very strange feeling where all of a sudden you think about things rationally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm, you get in at 16 and everyone thinks they're going to have 40 goals and they're going to play in the NHL at 19. It's just, yeah. it's just normal. Cause everyone's telling you that. Yeah. And you start to believe it. Absolutely. You do believe it. And, and quite frankly, it's coming from agents who want you to think that mm-hmm. because if, in case it does, they're, they're going to be rich or parents who will always think that they'll be I, rich I think, too. I think my mom still thinks that. <laughs> hey, it's still going to happen. <laughs> never um, know. Never know. Um, so it, it, it kind of, yeah, he said, all of a sudden it just like pops. Yeah. But you don't, I said, I don't remember that transition. It's funny. I never really thought about it like that. I don't remember, I remember. at what point. Yeah. It's an interesting time. It's, it's, it's when someone other than your parents show aggression towards you in a way that allows you to grow as a person, but you don't realize it at the time. I remember when my junior coaches, I had two and the, the first one, it would, you know, I was 16 years old, coming playing from major midget. I was the leading scorer, and I the first day I was uh, the first you know opening shift, opening season. I was on the fourth line, maybe at five minutes of ice. Went back to my house. I was just like, "What the fuck? What's going on here?" Mm-hmm. And throughout the year, I slowly got better. I slowly got better, and by the time playoffs came in my first year junior A, I was one of the best players on the team. But it all came from my coach, just coaching me. Yeah. But it was it wasn't even coaching me for through a hockey sense. It was more like a psychological sense. It was more playing mind games with me. But at the end of the mind games, I was a better player and a better person. It's yeah. hard to explain. And I know some guys out there are like ah, mind games aren't good for a player. You don't want a coach policing you. But it was it was almost testing me every day with a different challenge. Some days I'd be on the wing on the second line, and then I'd go to the fourth line and be a centerman, and then be on the power play. But in your mind, you're okay. I'm on the fourth line today. I'm not going to get any ice time at all but then the next thing you know the power play comes and i'm on the first unit power play so yeah. how's a 16 17 year old supposed to think well, yeah. okay well what's my position here on this team am i a fourth liner or am i in the first line power play so yeah. then you go back and you think you go, okay what, what am i doing here how am i going to get better and then the next thing you know a, a coach will give you a little bit more leash a little bit more go do what you want to do if you mess up you come back it's fine yeah it's a little I, I, but yeah. looking back on it, it it helped me in a lot of ways oh big and it, Jim Holton was that guy for me. Yeah. And I said, so I didn't realize it so much until after. Yeah. Um, like when I'd gotten there, uh, I was the leading scorer on the team getting traded in. Yeah. And I had been from day one until the day I left. Yeah. But it didn't always seem like that the way, like where I was, like there'd be nights like I'd be playing third line as a right winger, as a leading scorer on a team, which is really strange. Yeah. And he'd be on my ass and yelling, and and I can't figure it out. But at that point, I was a one-dimensional winger, and I had like said I was a good guy, like good team guy, but I didn't have the greatest attitude on the ice, like in game, which is, and and I, I didn't realize that at the time. Like I thought I was fine. Yeah. But leaving there, um, and the half year I had with Dumont was an absolute wipe. He was, that was a wipe for a lot of guys. But when I finally got to playing again, yeah, uh, I was a centerman two way forward and ended up being the eventual captain of the team. And a lot of that I credit to Jim. Like really, it was something like, it wouldn't say training, but he, he saw something in me that I didn't see at the time. I really thought I was, something and he saw a whole lot more yeah and i actually i called jim after my my career and i thanked him i said jim like thank you like that was like i might have been a pain and like the dick sometimes like and i hated you sometimes but like that was so beneficial for me and i didn't realize it like until long after i said it was two years after before i realized what he was doing for me yeah and it, it, it said, as a young, it, and you're young when you're 18. It's hard to grasp. Oh, yeah, man. It's so hard to grasp. You're still young. What are you, 21? 21. Oh, dude, yeah. you're still young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It said, it'll happen again. Like, yeah. 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 So many life lessons still mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. Mark, what percent's the laptop at? We are at 52%. 52? Okay, yeah. sounds good. Um, is, is the lighting low on it? I got it low. Low? Okay, yeah. just keep it there. Yeah. Still technical difficulties going on here with the, <laughs> with the studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah got to save power when we can. Yeah, yeah we're good to go. But no, that's good. I like. I love when uh, you can learn some life lessons through hockey. It's oh, a good time. Yeah, it's a really good time. Yeah, big time. So when you got traded to Cape Breton, did you call your mom like, "Mom, change the bed sheets. I'm coming home." Like, what's what was the first thought process? Well, I actually I couldn't tell them until 
I landed because I didn't have enough time. To, okay. So by the time I took off on the plane to, to there being no service, no nothing, and I so at that point, I just got traded. I didn't shut my phone off. Yeah. I was just like getting every text in I could. Yeah. Like, and um, so I never actually got to call my mom and dad. So <laughs> when I landed in Cape Breton, they were like, yeah, like, we'll see what happens. And I'm like, no, like, I'm staying. Like, I got... And it was just like in the airport. It was like my dad was like yelling, like <laughs> fired up. And, oh, I think my parents had more fun me playing in Cape Breton than I did. It was like oh, there was a huge like a party all the time. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Like people that like I'm close with, like really, really, um, like showed their support. It was super cool. Like we would have, you know, say we played a Friday, Saturday night. And we're not playing until the next Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. We went on Saturday night. Like, I show up after the game at my house. There's, like, 25 people. There. I love that. It's crazy. Yeah, Actually, Heinem loved that. That was one of Heinem's, like, favorite things about Cape Breton. Like, <laughs> after a game we win, um, like, I just, like, his belt was on the way to my house. <sighs> so I would pick him up, come to my house, and there'd be, like, 20 people there. And we'd get a beer, like, handed to us, like, as we're walking in the door. It was, yeah. like... Oh, uh, he was like, he's like, this is awesome. He's like, I love Cape Breton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. Like that that part was awesome. And and my parents, they were in a box in Cape Breton. They had been in a box for some time. What do you mean a box? Like a uh, skybox. Oh, skybox. Yeah, oh, like they, okay. Yeah, they'd been season ticket holders there for no way some time. Oh yeah, I used to go to games. Like I didn't miss a game for years when I was younger. Like, are you in? Uh, who do we have? Bomber? Bomber. Are you guys like good friends? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like, he said he went to games all the time growing up. Me and Bomber up. grew up like attached to the hip almost. Oh, no way. Yeah. So we would play together every second year. Sometimes we played together two years in a row if like I skipped a year, if he, like, yeah. depending on the math of it. Oh, but yeah, me and him grew up like side by each. Like, we, I'd say we spend more days together than we don't. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, it was. Uh, like we would train together, golf together, like skate together. Even we worked together one summer. Like it was Where like, at? we did uh, multi sport. Like so, we were teaching kids like random sports. Like we teach them how to swim and play rugby. <laughs> and actually, me and Bomber, we did uh, the during the swimming one. They had like like the girls swim team like there to help us. Help so, you with what? Like teaching the kids to swim. Yeah, they're like. The girls were like twelve, <laughs> we're like we're eighteen or nineteen, and uh, all the girls are going to do like a race to show the kids, like, oh, this is what you could do if yeah. you and you. And the kids are like five, and the kids are up on. Why don't you guys go race them? And uh, me and Bob are like, all right, like we'll go race them. I've never lost so bad in something in my entire life. Like they dove off, the goggles are like flying off my face. Like we get up, like two like well conditioned athletes, like just got absolutely rinsed by like twelve year old girls. Like it was like, yeah, I was never so humbled. I was like, oh my god. But yeah, we talked. It was multi sport for a summer together. So we were, yeah, it was funny. Up yeah. in Sydney, yeah, that's oh, yeah. so funny. Oh, uh, we taught everything. Like I'm trying to think, like, like that was rugby. Do you know how not to play rugby? Not a clue. <laughs> no. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, oh yeah. I actually, I did another one the next summer. I taught surfing. I've, n- I never surfed in my life at that point. Who gave you this job? Uh, CBRM. Well, who the hell, whoever that it's, is? It's a, it's a. You got to know a guy to know a guy at home. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Yeah, oh, he plays hockey. He knows yeah, how to surf. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. He's mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If anybody drowns, he'll survive. Yeah, like, yeah, like but. I so I never really surfed or anything in my life. It was just like. You're surfing a surf. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy, man. Like. Hey, I survived. No one, That's no, no one croaked. Everyone, everyone made it. I was told to ask you what was your favorite golf trip of all time. Bomber <laughs> wanted me to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I figured he. <laughs> I figured that would come. Yeah, we. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave some vague details just, just uh, in the event it gets traced back to us. But we're at a, at a golf course where, um, there's an overlooking par three. And we're a little bit under the influence, but long story short, this golf cart gets broken in some extent. Um, but when this golf cart gets broken, the guy who came to pick up the cart had played Junior B with Bomber and our other buddy. Okay. So he just takes the cart and looks at he goes, oh yeah, it happens all the time. Just took the cart <laughs> and we just walked away scot-free, played the rest of the round. Like he brought us like, no, oh yeah. Like I think nothing he, ever happened. He brought this buddy up yesterday. He didn't say his name, but I think he mentioned that he had a buddy that worked on a, on a certain golf course. Okay. There. Yeah. And it, we have t- like a couple of them, but yeah. yeah, like it was like, we, we seen him. It was like, oh, 
It, never, it was like a sigh of relief. It was, but yeah, ne- never heard anything of it. Like, like totaled it. Like, couldn't drive it. Couldn't drive it. No. Yeah. And <laughs> it was said wasn't one of our greatest decisions. Like, <laughs> and like I feel like everyone has like one story where like they're like young and dumb. But I said we haven't ever done anything since. Like, but like, and we love to golf. Like, I actually like to the point now. I love golfing so much. Like, like. I actually get upset when like, people don't like fix their divots. Like it drives me insane for some reason. Oh yeah. Like, but I golf like sixty, eighty rounds a summer. No way. Yeah. When was the last time you golfed? Actually, I haven't golfed in six weeks. I got in a car accident. Are you alright? Yeah, I'm good. Like I'm good, but um, and I'm turning the corner now. What happened? Like, what did so you hurt? I hurt my back. Like, and I had like second grade whiplash. I don't know if that means anything to you. I uh, just had sciatica. Sciatica. Yeah. So I have like. That, but it's um, instead oh. of pain, I'm getting like pins and needles. Oh, like so, sharp. Yeah, sharp pains, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I don't know how to. It's, it's kind of weird to describe. I don't really. It's a, it could be the wrong word for it. I don't really. So I'm not. A, so this isn't a medical med- podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I was kind of on my ass for a while. Like I didn't really. I'm just kind of getting in the swing of things again now, where like I'm like my rehab. Like I can do all my rehab stuff and st- like. Yeah. Like there was a while I was kind of banged up, but. I'm hopeful to start skating in the next like week or two, maybe if yeah. things go well. Um, wow. But yeah, I haven't golfed in like six weeks. But I had golfed so much this summer. Yeah, like, it was, and I watched a ton of golf. Um, like we we're, I'd say we watch more golf, like me and my buddies, and we watch hockey. Oh yeah, yeah, we're like huge it's, into. It's funny how that works. Like, cause yeah. you just get consumed with hockey, so when you're away, you don't want to watch. Yeah, it. and that's like, and I love watching hockey too. It's just golf time it's like this weekend the u.s open like I'm, is it oh yeah i'm dialed in like this is like is he, tiger in it tiger's in it yeah he's not gonna have a chance though no no he's not he uh i said that's that's my opinion but he's just not in the top of this game right now like he's he looked pretty atrocious and this week the nature of it the rough is so thick that you have to hit fairways so it's like they're saying it's like three inch thick rough this week <laughs> It's like so, you just if you miss the rough, like Justin Thomas had two practice rounds and he was like two and three over, three and four over this week. Ooh. So he said, and no one's gonna. He said, if anyone breaks power here consistently, it's outrageous. There's no chance. Wow. So, but said so not to bore you with golf talk, but like, no, I don't mind. Where are they playing? Augusta. Wingfoot is where they're playing. Where? Uh, Mamaroneck, New York. Wingfoot, the West Course. There's two courses on the uh, on the property. Playing the West Course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be. It should be awesome. Like I'm, I'm huge into golf. So was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday, Sunday? No, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I don't boy Mark. Yeah. See, we hired you for a reason. Yeah, well, I like golf. You're on too, the ball so, here yeah. now. He knows the everything about the weirdest things. Yeah, and I love perfect. it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good that you know this stuff. Yeah, double ch- like fact check me. I am on camera, so just just to make sure. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was kind of like, I, as for big a golf or big as a golf guy, I am like, I was kind of like doubting myself. I was like, I am on camera. Like, I should probably get this right. Oh, I, but, I mess up all the time oh, on yeah. this thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's uh, what people like is the mistakes. No one, <laughs> yeah, no one yeah, wants everyone, to watch someone talking the truth. Oh, that's not right. Yeah. God. but yeah so like i'm done like i i think and said so for the people who like golf watching this week or watching this right now will will probably not like this pick but i think brendan todd's gonna have a good week brendan todd so he's like he's not long off the fairway like off the tee rather so he's like a 270 ball and he's an excellent potter but his like like his proximity to the hole is pretty bad so like he has like 15 to 20 footers all the time like but feel like you want to say something mark yeah uh yes yeah if i, if I had to pick a winner if i had to just go out of them i'd say dj because he's been pretty consistent dj especially since they restarted the uh the season so um uh DeChambeau, yeah he might be in there as well yeah he can hit 400 yards but sometimes he'd be a little wild off the uh tm when the camera operator doesn't get too close to him better watch out <laughs> you get you on your we'll get you your own golf i was gonna podcast. say sounds like we never another golf guy over i know here, like. we'll change the curtains to like green so it looks like yeah we'll have a golf podcast we'll set him up with something <laughs> oh golf podcast i have man. a bunch of buddies that want to um their dream is like to go to the u.s open where's the one in augusta what one is in augusta masters masters we have a guy a bunch of people that want to go to the masters but apparently it's like a oh the a wait, wait list, list. insane but apparently if you do get in it's Oh. The the food is cheap, the liquor's cheap, all this oh, stuff yeah? is cheap. So really? if you do get in, it's just the time of your life. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't know that. It'd be a cool thing to go to. Yeah, huh? years long is what I hear for that waiting yeah. list. Yeah. 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 But nonetheless, it would be a cool thing to do. I got into it a little bit this year. I'm no good at it, but it was the only thing you could do during COVID it sporting was. wise. There was really nothing. Like 
And actually, for a lot of guys, like we joked around, like golf, like kept us sane. Yeah. Because, like, I missed the hockey for sure. Like, I missed playing. Yeah. But I more so like missed the competitiveness. Yeah. Like, I couldn't compete like for months on end. So like, golf was like a way for us to like intercompete. So like, like Bomber and I, a couple of our buddies, would golf constantly just to like we have to because like we need something to like compete against one another with it's funny we're, we're a different type of breed you and i the competitive uh, level has to be there has to has to doesn't matter there. what you're playing you can play checkers doesn't even have to be sports business just anything, anything you have to compete anything. i'm going crazy right now that i can't it's just like yeah we do podcasts and we do work it's great but like i can't get out of here and go to a rink and just work even harder than we are right now but like that compete edge is just it's hard yeah it's, it's always there it's it, weird it, it's hard to shake like you really you really can't and it's just instilled in some people like yeah it's it's of course oh it's you're born with it and my grandmother like she was brutal i always remember the story we were at like my cousin's birthday party we were like 10 or 11 yeah and uh my cousin's like i don't know like on a bowling team or something at home and she's all excited about it and my grandmother gets there and she beats everyone by like a hundred like she was the only adult that played it was like all the kids and she rinsed everyone like celebrating yeah and uh, I remember my mom saying, to her, she's, like, she's like, what were you doing? Like, those kids are 10. She's like, <laughs> like, I can't take a loss. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I, I always I remember it. it, like, her just ripping the ball down. Like, we're, like, barely, like, getting six or seven. Like I said, I'm not a bowler. but I love that. This girl, poor girl on her birthday was on a bowling team. got absolutely rinsed by my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bowling. Yeah. That's a good time. Oh, yeah. Like, and... And Bomber's like that too. Bomber's like one of the most competitive human beings on earth. Like, Is he? Oh, like checkers. Like if he loses a game of checkers, like flip the board. Like no. It, oh, I didn't get that vibe from him he's, yesterday. Oh, he's very calm about it, but he's so competitive. Or like he's one of those guys. He loves winning so much. Like he wins one game of checkers. That's it. Like it's over because really? he's the winner. Like he's oh it's so oh yeah fun. when you go best the best of two he's like no no, no I'm, I'm done I'm no champ I like, gotta go yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's so funny like so we have like fun playing against one another we like growing up and that's probably like part of why the two of us got like so good like at hockey yeah it's just because we are always competing against one another it's the Bonner Chuck story same thing Marshawn those boys yeah same thing absolutely and then you see those these heats of guys in Cape Breton come out because yeah. there's hockey talent in Cape Breton. Hockey it's towns, talent. Oh, talent, talent, talent. talent. All the, good. There's the accent I got. Yeah, a sip of water, you're good. Yeah. Um, but they come in like heats. So like, when guys find other guys that are competitive, like it's just like you always go together. Like you see like like Joey Haddad and Culligan and these guys that are all the same age. Ryan Sparling, Dixon. Yeah, Dixon. Like all these guys that like grew up and they're all like within two or three years because they're all competing against one another, practicing the summer, training. Yeah. And then we have like. Like Bomber, like Cole Reginato, uh, Leon Denny, Jarrett Baker, like all these guys that kind of went through. Yeah. But it like it skips like years yeah. where there's like if there's no one to compete against one another, it's not as it's strange because there's. I know what there. you mean. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And it's unfortunate because you see guys get missed there all the time. Like because guys they they literally just won't leave Cape Breton. It's crazy. It, like it's like yeah. And I can oh I can remember. When I was younger, like you're so proud to be from Cape Breton, like, yeah. and I was born in Halifax. I only lived here for like two weeks before I moved to Cape Breton, but I was born actually in the city. Really? So my first tournament out of Ireland, they put my like hometown as Halifax, yeah. and I remember like having a meltdown. Like my teammates were grilling me, like ah. it was like you're one of them. Like are you? One of them. Yeah. Oh, you're a like, mainlander. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's so funny. It's like that until you get older. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some of my best buddies are. Halifax, but like it's you're so competitive with it, like ah, that's so funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I can remember U14 or U15. I don't remember which one. Yeah. But they put all the Cape Bretoners on one team. They had just because we were like erratic and we needed to like we wanted to just beat the guys from Halifax. It wasn't about making the team. It was like we need to beat these guys from Halifax. So they put us all like on the same team. It was crazy. Like, did you guys do well? I think yeah, four or four or five has made it actually. Oh, we yeah. had a good we had a good group. Like it's not always like that, but yeah, yeah we had a good group. There was, uh, yeah, Logan O'Neill ended up playing a little bit. Nova Scotia stuff. Uh, Logan Struthers played a little bit. Colt Marchand did too. Uh, yeah, there was Hunter Bettens too. There was a couple guys that ended up playing some hockey Nova Scotia stuff like that were my age anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
anyone that comes from Cape Breton always has a story about Cape Breton within the first five minutes of talking to them. You, you know, and yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because I'll give you one thing. Every Cape Bretoner is a great storyteller. They're a great storyteller. Yeah. They take their time with it. <laughs> yeah. They tell it precise, and yeah. they don't leave any names out. And when you get those three combinations coming together, it equals a great story. Oh, yeah. Any, anytime a Cape Bretoner's coming on the podcast, I know my job's going to be easy. Oh, yeah. I just lip, I sit back and listen. Oh, I'm, I'm slowly turning into my dad where I just tell stories, and I don't stop talking. I love like, it. Oh, uh, it's, it, and it, <laughs> I got to, like, learn sometimes it's a conversation, but it's a, everyone in Cape Breton's the same. It's great. Like, you get in a room with like eight or 10 of us and to get a word in, like you gotta be yeah, following, you gotta be with us. Yeah. yeah. You gotta be there. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you gotta be, yeah. You, you can't be a passenger. You gotta be present. Uh, but it's a, like, it's funny too. And when, when I was playing like the Newfoundlanders are so similar, like oh, we, yeah. you gravitate toward one another, <laughs> like everywhere I've been that there's been a Newfoundlander, we've been buddies. Like, yeah. like you said, Jesse Sutton, Pecco, Brett Bodgel and PEI. Like yeah. we're just like, and just instant gravitation because you're like your values and your said what you what you do for fun everything is just the same yeah. so every time there was somebody around it was just like yeah. we became instant buddies really. i couldn't imagine those kitchen parties right after you uh played games in cape Breton. and came over oh. at 25 people i couldn't imagine how much fun that would be it was insane Cause that's the time of your life you know you're the captain of the cape Breton screaming eagles mm-hmm. your hometown uh kid you used to go watch those games as a kid and now you're the man and yeah. you're there and then you get to go back and celebrate it with your family i couldn't imagine those times some oh. of the best times of your life i bet it was it was insane like we like the first game actually i got named captain um so we played friday saturday night after the saturday night game um it was actually it was the first time I had a hat trick since I was like seventeen or something yeah. like that, and I have two neighbors, um, Craig and Jen, Muff and Jen, we call them. Yeah, um, Muff <laughs> says he hasn't been that drunk since high school. <laughs> like it was just like oh, like he's like actually like like sick from throwing. Like I love. Like, it. He's like I haven't done that. Like so it was some of the like best memories I have are those like people just gathering in my kitchen like after a game. Like I can remember. After one of the games, and I probably shouldn't have went there, but it was like a huge high for us. Like it was like, and we didn't play for like three nights, so it wasn't a huge deal. But yeah. like, there's like a local pub like called the Steel City. A yeah. lot of people know it. Like if you're from Cape Breton, and it's no more than two minutes from the rink, so yeah. everyone goes there. So I went there, walked in, um, and everyone like who's a hockey person. It's like a hockey pub, so like, okay. like anybody who's involved in the community, like parents of guys who play guys who played themselves yeah, like yeah because there's a pretty vast community they always end up gathering there so i walk in and then someone hands me a drink a drink a drink and then all of a sudden it's like i was there for an hour and a half and like i've had like there's like six or seven drinks and there's like 10 sitting in front of me because no. people dislike and it was a huge party and we, there's a little pub next door we walk over next door and uh we go in and then it's like a, it's like a huge hurrah there next door it's actually the place next door like the joseph's pictures are all over the, like fabian joseph yeah, and yeah. so it's like his pictures are all over the walls That's awesome. so yeah so we got in there and it was like huge party in there it was like i couldn't hand away enough drinks like it, it, they away. just they just show like they it, show was, up. it was crazy like the support of the community was nuts but yeah. we so the, the the hockey community that little pub is awesome like yeah it's it really is it's like a you don't see them as much anymore. It's like a mom pause, like in a neighborhood almost. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's almost like there's a lot of them in Boston. Yeah, I know what you mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like now it would probably be like a residential yeah. zone. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know either. But, but I know exactly the type of bar you're talking mm-hmm. about. There must be some in Cape Breton still. It seems like a Cape Breton culture. Yeah, type thing. there is like there's more of them at home. Yeah, and there isn't a big gap between like residential areas and like commercial areas anyway it's a big mix exactly downtown so, is right next to a bunch of homes so yeah it's the like, same thing yeah. like i can walk actually from downtown like if i arc to center 100 or like the hotels or the old triangle downtown yeah. to my host in like six or seven minutes yeah like, I, uh, that's the thing i love to playing in cape breton is you could walk from the rink to the hotel yeah it's it, awesome yeah so like what, pres- what percent's the thing uh, at? 26 okay we're good cool yeah so it was it was right there like it was and that was part of like what was so cool like playing i would play a game and it was like two minutes away yeah like not lo and behold if i went home and it was half hour away and there's people there it would still be cool but like i was like in my suit still like getting Sweating. that second sweat yeah. from the shower yeah like come in and 
Yeah, hey, what's going on? Like the great place. Yeah, I was on the ice twenty minutes ago, and I probably like you said. You uh, skip the media. I yeah, gotta go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just meet me at the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, I'll talk then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Like, like poor Heinem, like he loved. Like, I actually funny story to Heinem. I don't know. He might have told it here. I because I, I can't remember if he told it or not. But I'll quick tell it again. He was <laughs> when he was doing that like aerating business or like he was mowing the lawns yeah, or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember what. Yeah, yeah, whatever he was doing. And he did Logan Shaw's. Did he tell you about that? No. So Logan Shaw's got a place up by Crosby and them. Yeah, yeah. And Kate Bratner. And he, like you said, he didn't really know him, but like knew of him. He did like, and he knew they were hockey players. Yeah. And they did like the lawn and stuff. He said it might have taken them two hours, if that. It's so a big said, lawn. So yeah, it's a big lawn, but he said it wasn't that long. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he like tipped them all. He gave them all like seventy bucks or like hundred bucks, like. And then brought them out to the the barn and like gave them all a case of beer. Like, no, yeah, he's like, he texted me after. He's like, dude, I love Cape Breton so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. yeah, that's a good look for Shaw's. Yeah, wow. he's he's an awesome guy, and I don't know if he'd want me telling him people that he's giving people beer, but no, he's, he doesn't care. He's he's phenomenal, and and Gerard's a good fellow too. Like, I don't know his them, dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know them that well. Like, I but. Logan, every time, like, he trained at the same gym I did at home for years. Oh, yeah? So I would, I know him, like, like just from being around. I was a kid. Yeah. Like, but he's, like, he would take the time for someone. Like, he doesn't, like, breeze by anybody. Like, he's so friendly. Yeah. It's, and it would probably be as, like, a shock for him for me to be saying that. Like, yeah. but I, because I don't really know him that well. But he was always so good to us. Like, there'd be, like, me and Bomber and these kids. Like, yeah. we'd be, like, 12. Yeah. And he'd always take the time for us, like pretty cool met like, him a couple times great guy oh super super friendly like I, it was kind of like i was taken back by it especially when he came back from playing in florida yeah and he was in the gym and i i didn't know what i expected like yeah. i hadn't really been around that many nhlers at that point and he was it was just like nothing ever changed he was just yeah keep going and, and yeah that's the like the big thing for like a lot of these guys like i find the guys that you think their personality would change don't usually make it which is like weird well said yeah well said yeah it's super weird like i shouldn't say it's weird but like i like i talked about p.o joseph yeah and i talked like like hunter drew's another guy like these guys their personality wouldn't change if they were working at you know the corner store they were playing in the nhl yeah. they're same they're, guy same guy yeah. and it's fun. those are the guys that usually make it it's yeah. it's cool i love it mm-hmm. all right we're up on an hour here last minute of the podcast is yours you want to thank anyone you go for it Wow, not to not to have me on the spot, but um, so I usually thank the normal. I'll I'll, I'll thank um, Ryan Zito today. Okay, who's he's, that? He's he's the trainer at home. Okay, um, he's been good to me for a long time. I've been going there ten years. Um, he's been awesome to me. He's always helped me out, like whenever I need work schedules around me, um, giving Zito. me work, like golf club. He's the man. So um, I usually thank everyone from a to z but i'll, I'll go with him today because me and him are good friends and he's getting married this week is he so congrats zito buddy yeah, that's awesome yeah so i just wish him luck this week and thanks for everything he does that was awesome Eric. Yeah. Derek, thanks for coming yeah man. thanks I for having it. me now it was a good time everyone listening thank you very much for tuning in we appreciate it uh stay safe it's wednesday hump day you're almost there halfway there friday's around the corner enjoy uh fall enjoy the sun it's gonna be gray the rest of the time so have fun stay safe we're out it's The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. I sit the dumb peak watching Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes. All the words past the margin. The whole of mic I'm throbbing. Mechanical movement. Understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. The thief's theme. The Play me at night, they won't act right. The fiend of hip hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe. The mind activation. React like I'm facing time like Pappy Mason. With pins I'm embracing. Wipe the sweat off my dome. Spit the phlegm on the streets. Sway Tim's on my beats. Makes my cypher complete. Weather cruising in a six cab. I'm on Deep. I can't call it. The beats make me falling asleep. I keep falling, but never falling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. Whose world is this?
the world is yours. The world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. This world is this. It's yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. This world is this. The world is yours. The world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. To my man Ill Will, God bless your life. To my people's the wild queens, God bless your life. I trick we box of crazy bitches, aiming guns and all my baby pictures. Beef with housing police, release scriptures, that's maybe Hitler's. Yet I'm the mild money, getting style, rolling foul. The versatile honey, sticking wild, golden child, dwelling in the rotten apple. You get tackled, a court by the devil's lasso. Shit is a hassle. There's no days for broke days. We sell a smoke pays while all the old folks pray. To Jesus, soaking they sins and trays. A holy water, odds against nods and slaughter. Finger the word best describing my life. To name my daughter, my strength. My son and star will be my resurrection. Born in correction, all the wrong shit I did. He'll lead in right direction. How you live in larger broker, charge cards are mediocre. You flipping coca, playing spit spades and strip poker. The world is yours. The world is yours. Yo, the world is yours. The world is yours. Inside a thousand miles from home, I need a new nigga for this black cloud to follow. Cause while it's over me, it's too dark to see tomorrow. Trying to maintain a flip, feel the clip to the tip. Picturing my peeps, now the end can make my heartbeat skip. And I'm amped up, they like to champ up. Even my brains in handcuffs, headed for Indiana, stabbing women like the Phantom. The crew is lamping, big Willie style. Check the chip to smell. Plus a profile wow, stash through the flock, rolls, burning dollars to light my soul. Walk the blocks with a bop. Checking Danes plus the games people play, bust the problems of the world today. The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is Yeah, the world is yours. South Park, the world is yours.